Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. Eddie wants to slap the bag. So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom. (laughs) Welcome to blockchain booth number uh, 98. Holy crap. So 98 weeks straight. Um, uh, Well, in a couple weeks, we'll get to 100. We'll we'll have a little uh, party or something. But for those of you who are watching real quick um, on the YouTube stream or on Twitter or whatever, if you come to meet.blockchainbooze.io, you come hang out with us, ask questions, um, hang in the chat. And then when we're done in about an hour, you can turn on your camera as well and, uh, you know, have a little fun and with us and hang out backstage and do whatever um, with the community. Uh, something that's very, very cool. And by the way, thank you to Lunar Crush and Blockchain Radio and all that for, for syndicating this and sharing it. Um, one of the things that's really cool about our community is that so many cool projects have actually come out of it. And uh, not that this project came out of our community, but Ronan uh, down below me right here, uh, he's one of the, the longtime Blockchain Booze attendees. Uh, and I found out about this through just hanging out at the tables after the event. So welcome uh, to Blockchain Booze, guys. Cheers. 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 Dang, I think everyone's got a drink. I like it. Um, so R- Ronan, it would be cool for you to start and maybe introduce the crew. Um, you know, you came, you told me about the Players Lounge, and, and I was super intrigued. So tell us about it. Introduce the rest of the crew. Yeah, so um, for anyone who does is not aware exactly what the Players Lounge is, it is a project that is started by these guys here uh, that focuses on compensating collegiate players now that uh, they're able to do so uh, through the NIL rules, which is stands for name, image, and likeness. Uh, collegiate players, which for anyone who's not aware, basically have historically not been able to make any type of profit or money or compensation on their name, image, or, image, or likeness while they're in college um, now can, thanks to uh, a new rule as of last summer. So uh, the team here, you know, saw an opportunity uh, to be able to kind of work with some, you know, both uh, present and uh, past players 
and get them involved in an NFT project that made uh, quite a lot of sense uh, when I heard about it. So I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves and then maybe they can kind of give them uh, give you a little bit more information of exactly like uh, the origin of, you know, the Players Lounge and, and the DGD Mafia, which is kind of a subset of that lounge and has launched launched last month, uh, which is tied to the University uh, you know, of Georgia and the players there. So uh, Ty and Trent um, and Keith and Aaron Murray all played uh, at the university. Uh, and did found uh, the players lounge. So I will let uh, you know, Aaron, if you kind of want to start a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the players lounge, and then we can kind of go to Ty and then Keith. Uh, I'd love everybody and Trent as well uh, to get a moment. Yeah, so I got to give credit to to Ty and Trent, man. They're the brain behind this operation. They came to Keith and myself uh, what about five months ago, and I got a call from Ty saying, "Hey, man, I got a great idea." And I'm like, you know, Ty is one of the smartest guys I know. I'm like, why is Ty calling me? Because I'm not anywhere near as smart as he is, but I'm definitely going to pick up and listen because my man, like I said, uh, helped me out a lot. We were roommates in college. Um, so like, he's got an idea. Most likely it's going to be a good one. Uh, and I'll let him get into the origin a little bit more when he has his turn. But, you know, Rony, you hit it on the head, man. We all played collegiate football uh, for Georgia, had a great time. And all of a sudden these rules started changing. Kids can make money off their name, image, and likeness. You're seeing a lot of crazy deals out there. And we're like, okay, let's find a way to get these kids paid and also find a way to to bring a community aspect where fans get a little bit more interaction. Like the, the normal fan always, you know, if they see us on the street, like, hey, what is it like being in the locker room? Or what is it like, you know, being a student athlete or playing Stanford Stadium? And they just want a little bit of a snippet about what goes on in these players' lives day to day. It's like, all right, if we can create an NFT and a way to get these players paid and then create utility to get these fans interacting with both former and current players. In our opinion, it was a, a win-win for everyone. And, and that's when I came up with this brilliant idea. Um, you know, we had 5,000 of these NFTs, uh, 200 bucks a pop. We sold out in three and a half hours. Um, and our player partners are going to make over $300,000. Uh, we have parties and tailgates and golf tournaments and, uh, a lot in the works when it comes to the utility for our fan base to connect with these former and current players. So really excited about the project uh, and now just looking to take this uh, across the country. That's that's awesome. So actually, yeah, let's go. We could go around and get the rest of the guys introduced, but I've got so many questions about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Keith, maybe you want to go next? Yeah, I can go next. So first and foremost, I appreciate you having us on, Ronan. Thank you for setting this up. I'm super excited about this. Um, as Murray said, this project, you know, we started about four or five months ago. Um, for me, it's very similar to Taryn. You know, Ty called me out of the blue, kind of introduced the idea to me. Um, I'm somebody who was familiar with blockchain and crypto and NFTs, but I hadn't really jumped in full, uh, full-fledged yet. So this was an opportunity to do that. Um, it's really been a great experience. I've learned so much and the ability to kind of operate at the intersection of like NIL, which is brand new, NFTs, which is a hot topic. And then, you know, the university that obviously means so much to me has been has been an awesome experience. So uh, with that, I won't I won't go any too, too much. Uh, I think Aaron did a good job highlighting kind of what the project is about. And so I'll pass it to Ty and Trent and let them uh, do their introduction. Yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks so much, Alon, for having us on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, th this project started several months ago, but it really got started when we met Ronan and their team and <clears throat> joined forces. And uh, it's been a lot of fun ever since. Um, we've got the, the guys over at Gig Labs to thank for, for a lot of stuff. And so it, it means the world to us to have them as a partner and have Ronan on here with us tonight. Trent and I got started you know, back 
in October trying to pull this project together and we're you know lucky enough to have Aaron and, and Keith jump on board and what we're what we're trying to do is use NIL to unlock fan engagement with players and so what we see we see this as a player branding opportunity so I think back on mine and Trent's days you know as a long snapper we didn't have you know the spotlight shining on us you know people didn't know our names and so for us to, to build our brand you know that occurred through these chance interactions that happen with fans you know shaking shaking somebody's son's hand you know or saying hello to somebody in the, in the line for me in memphis and we were playing a bowl game up there and I, I met their second grader and uh i brought him back and introduced him to aaron and he thought that was the coolest thing in the world and, and that guy's now my family attorney and i talked to him on a weekly basis and i hunted on his farm throughout college and it's like so those chance interactions, like when I look back on, on my time at Georgia, like that is what sort of built my brand. And, and when I look back to the connections that I have, I have those connections because of those chance interactions. And so what we're trying to do, what we hope that this project can do is we give athletes a way to interact with fans on their own terms, on their own time. So that instead of just chance interactions, we can cultivate those interactions. So that they can interact with fans anytime in the way that they choose, whether it's gaming or playing a golf tournament or coming out and hanging out at a signing or jumping in the Discord or doing a podcast with Aaron and Keith. Um, because we know that those interactions, one, that's what fans care about. And two, that's how these athletes um, will build their network because the lights are going to turn off for everybody at some point. And the network that you build when the lights are on you is what's going to be valuable in the future. And so we really feel that our, our value, our product is we provide players this, this branding opportunity and we provide fans this, this authentic fan engagement that they've not been able to get anywhere um, up until now. It's really NIL has been able to unlock that. And I'm really lucky to have my brother next to me. Um, sometimes I'm a little ADD and all over the place and, and kind of up here in the clouds and Trent really grounds me and makes sure that, that everything actually gets done. Um, he's the best sort of operator that I've ever been around. He's an entrepreneur in his own right uh, and has been working for himself for several years. And so he's sort of the man behind the scenes, making sure everything sort of happens the way we want it to happen. Nice. Nice. Well, it's been great to meet you guys. Um, I think a, a great place to start is um, NIL. You keep you keep mentioning it. And, and I know the rules have changed, but can you explain it a little more? Um, I think we all got the general idea, but some people in the chat were like, wait, so people are, the players are allowed to get paid now? Or is it like an endorsement? How exactly does it work? What's allowed? What's not allowed? Man, it's a wild, wild west. These kids can do whatever they want. And it's awesome to see because they deserve it. They work their tails off. And, you know, Kind of we we when we were playing, I make us seem like we're so old here, but we are getting a little bit older. Some gray hairs coming in the chin, but we would bitch and moan like, "Yeah, we 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 do get a free scholarship. We understand that, but you know, based on I would say everyone in this chat right now, from Keith, Ty, and Trent, and myself, if we would have went to school in Georgia, or I'm from Florida, and it's Florida Bright Futures, I could have gone to school at Florida, Florida State, Miami, USF, UCF, uh, free of charge. Um, so I could have gone to school for free because my grades and, and GPA and SAT scores, uh, and then still got a job on top of that to go make money. These kids, yes, they get a free scholarship, but they really don't have the time to go out there and get a job, make money, um, to do projects like a podcast, a show, whatever it may be, to go make money off their name, image, likeness. So yeah. it was a little bit frustrating. We actually had teammates of ours 
Uh, A.J. Green, who plays for the Arizona Cardinals, longtime Bengal, he was my teammate my freshman year, best receiver in, in, in all of college football. And he got suspended for the first four games of the season because he sold one of his jerseys to, to make some money to send home the mom and dad because yeah. he didn't have the time to get a job because his job was going to class, going to workouts, going to film study, go to tutoring, and then wake up and do it again the next day. Like there was no time to get a job. That was his job, and he wasn't getting paid to do it. So, you know, you started seeing all these stories. Todd Gurley, Keith, one of our, our really good friends, had a similar situation back in 15, I believe it was. Same thing, sold uh, a jersey, I believe, or a helmet, uh, and got dinged and missed three or four games. So, really, now this is the opportunity where the players are in control. They have the ability to go do a deal with an NFT company, with a car wash, with a restaurant, whatever it is they can now go out there and make money. And, and listen, I'm all for it. I'm a little bit jealous about it because I feel like I could have made some money back in the day. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that these kids are at least taking advantage now. Yeah, it's it, it's wild because the universities themselves are selling. They they weren't allowed to, I think, if I remember correctly, they couldn't put like the name of the player, but they could sell the jersey number. And so essentially they, the university themselves would make a ton of money off the individual players. Like I'm sure everybody's buying, you know, AJ Green's jersey number uh, and, and he sells one of them with his name actually on it. It's his name and his jersey. Um, it's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it's really wild. You know, the, the college athletics, particularly college football, is a multiple, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year business. If you look at every other entity that's involved outside of the athletes themselves, they all get to participate in, you know, free market economics. You know, coaches go to the highest bidder, the programs, they invest in their programs. You know, the athletic departments run it just like you would run an enterprise business. Um, but, you know, this whole time there was an idea that, you know, the college kids were amateurs and therefore they couldn't profit on their on their name, image and likeness. And so, you know, to Murray's point, the reason that I believe this to be so powerful is there's so many kids that come from environments where, you know, they don't have the economic power to really support their families. And it's an opportunity for them to take that and maybe, you know, change the, the trajectory of, of the next generation of their of their family. So um, the fact that they're able to capitalize off the hard work that they're able to do now is really special. And I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that we're a part of that, uh, you know, this industry that's being born and hopefully we can do it in a way that allows these kids to be successful long-term. Yeah. So are there any sort of caps rules, you know, around this um, for, for the players, I guess, like, can, can they get similar endorsement deals like, like the Nike deals and, Adidas deals, whatever that, that the NFL players get? Yeah, they can do it. So they can't do anything when it comes to liquor or tobacco. Mm -hmm. And they have to prove, and this has been an issue when we've talked to some of these universities, they actually have to prove that they're doing some sort of work. Like some, uh -huh. some booster or donor just can't come up to them and give them $200,000. Gotcha. Like they have to do something, um, which gets a little bit tricky because yeah. you know, a kid can sign a football, go sell for $50,000. What is the market value that really hasn't been determined yet? So they, yeah. they can get away with it, but there just has to be proof of of doing some sort of work yeah. in order to get the money. I, I see. So I yeah, it makes that makes sense because they're trying to avoid the wealthy universities from essentially giving people like a signing bonus, like paying them to go to that school. Um which so, is happening. I mean, essentially yeah. it is happening. The rich are gonna get richer, the Alabamas. The schools in Texas, if you look at the recruiting that happened this year, the top five teams when it came to recruiting uh, just concluded last week were Alabama or Texas A&M, 
Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. And I'm drawing like on the fifth, but those are big money schools. And A and M has some rumors floating that a lot of those donors came together and uh, and put some put some 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 watts, uh, and it was able to entice some of these top recruits to come to their school. Interesting. And so through the new system, I mean. Uh, they come come work a shift at the at the car wash for a million dollars. I don't know. It sounds. I'm sure that there's going to be some checks and balances at some point when people are caught being really egregious, right? So there, there's the uh, idea that um, the idea being floated that they have to get paid market value, you know, market rate for their services. And so okay. like somebody would say, you know, paying somebody a million dollars to work at the car wash, well, that's not market value. Yeah. But the pushback is, if you've paid it, then obviously it's market value, right? Yeah. In, in a capitalistic society, the idea is like market value is what the market is willing to pay. And so if somebody is willing to assign a, um, you know, a million dollar price tag to the marketing that they're going to get as a business to have somebody come in and, and work a shift like that, yeah. there's no other definition of market value other than what people are actually doing. So it... it Yes, I, I agree yeah. that there, there's going to be some, probably some some ideas around the regulation of it, but it's going to be very tricky. There's there's no great way to do that because the bottom line is these athletes are worth a lot, right? They're worth a lot, and they've been they've been sort of held down for years and, and years, and so it's just not fair. It's not right to say that we're going to pay them the same amount for something that you know somebody off the street would get paid for the same thing is that that correlation it just doesn't work yeah no i mean if you're gonna it's like it's it's weird to have these sort of half measures anyway right like it's either they're they're amateurs right and and uh never sell a jersey with the numbers on it and you could avoid those kind of things but they know they make more money when they do um or they're you know, professionals in some way and part of the professional aspect is the school that you're offering them but you know, they could pay to go to school or get a, uh, you know, like, like, like Aaron was saying, you know, you could get a scholarship to go to school regardless, or depending on the state you're in, school can be close to free, right? So um, how do you live, feed your family and, and support the people around you? If the people are making money off you, you should be able to participate. Let me jump in and say one thing. I, I played, you know, collegiate and then also had a stand at the NFL. They're 100% professional athletes from as far as, you know, the time yeah. commitment that they have to put in, the demand on your bodies. Um, you know, my experience was college ball was actually more demanding than professional athletics just because of all the other things that you have to also balance while working on, you know, being the best that you can be at your sport. So the idea that they were amateurs, that's that's something that the NCAA said so that they could continue yeah. to this point to keep the kids down. So. Yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, I, it just doesn't make sense, right? It's um, It's – it's hard work and it's harder work than, than most people do. Right. And so it's, and, and again, you're, you're betting on personalities and these personalities deserve to, to get their cut. It's, it's the fair way to be. I would think that, you know, you guys doing this as sort of NFT campaigns and on the blockchain makes everything pretty transparent um, as well, which I think, uh, universities and maybe even the people that are against this kind of thing would would appreciate, right? You can't. There aren't any games being played here. No, I, and I want to go one point, and I'll kind of let yeah. Ty actually hit on that. But you know, I, I want to go on what Keith was saying about the amateurism and and also just not helping these kids get ready for the next level. 
you know, we talk about, and I mentioned earlier, like not having the ability to go get a job. Like you don't understand how to really handle financial responsibility. And so you're missing out from 18 to 22 before you hit the, the quote unquote real world of handling a bank account and some of these other things. You know, I had teammates, one of our teammates, I'm not going to name names here, but played at Georgia and played with me at Kansas City. Uh, it was midway through his rookie season, my second year in the NFL. And he came up to me with a handful of, of checks. I mean, mid six figures worth of money in these checks. And he goes, what do I do with this? And I'm like, put it in your bank. He goes, I don't have a bank account. Like, I've never had money before. Like, I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, you need to get a financial advisor. Like, I had him call mine. But a lot of guys just have no idea. So they're missing out on an opportunity these first four years out of high school, being on their own to learn what it means to be financially independent, yeah. getting ready for the next stages of their life. So I think this is also an important opportunity that this NIL is allowing them to, to learn what it is to, to, to get paid, to pay taxes, how to budget, how to invest properly, all those lessons that a lot of guys are learning that they missed out on and that we missed out on uh, before we became professionals. Yeah, actually, Jeremy, one of our community members was asking just that, if if you guys or who is providing some of these families as well around the students' um, financial literacy or anything like that. Um, is that something you guys participate in? So we haven't yet, but that is something that's in the thoughts for us. And uh, we've actually reached out to some organizations to maybe partner with them and be able to provide that service to them. Um, but like I said, we haven't formalized anything, so I won't share too many details. But I do think it's necessary um, because, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of these people come from backgrounds where they're not familiar with, even their parents aren't familiar with the amount of money that they'll be seeing. And we want to make sure, you know, that they're able to build it in a way that's sustainable and can support them long term, not just, you know, for the now. Yeah, I mean... That's 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 a part of it. You hear at least the stories with NFL and things like that. Um, people that getting paid for the first time, and you know, you see it also in the space with musicians and artists and 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 everyone of all backgrounds, right? Like you all of a sudden coming into it. Jeremy, by the way, shout out Jeremy who asked that question. I think you're originally from Georgia, if I pull in that memory uh, out of the air. So um, let's see. Um, uh, I've got I've got a few more questions actually. This, this is an interesting one from, from the crowd that um, I wanted to, to think about also. I get how this helps the top players. Um, this makes perfect sense. Is there an angle here that helps sort of the rest of the team or even players at, at um, Jim, Jim was asking, you know, maybe players on like in a D3 school or, or, or something else? Is this sort of, are there any ways for, for those players to participate here? So, you know, if, if you think back to what we're doing, what our value is, what we're doing is we're connecting athletes to fans in authentic ways that can drive fan engagement and, and athlete branding. Anywhere where there's a college sport, there's an athlete. And anywhere there's an athlete, there's a fan base. And so we believe this can be applied all across the country. Um, and, and our goal is that, that we can help those athletes build their brands and help those fans drive the engagement that they want, you know, everywhere. And it's a lot of work and it's not going to happen tomorrow. And we've got you know, months and years ahead of us of growing this thing to get it to where we want it to be. But we believe this can impact every athlete. Yeah. And, and does this, uh, does your plan, I, I, I would assume the rules are similar with other sports and things. Does your plan with the players lounge expand into other sports? Will it go into, 
baseball and I know, soccer and the rest of them? Yeah. So as we're expanding to one of our schools now, um, there's been talks and we're going to be targeting um, baseball, women and men's basketball, uh, and even gymnastics. And I believe, and Ty can, can clarify this stat, um, I think the there's out of the top five most paid uh, student athletes right now, I think three of them are female athletes. Is that correct, Ty, or something like that? You, it's like two, two or three of the top five and five of the top ten. Yeah. Uh, it's like number one and number two. And so you know, there, there's a huge – if we just help football players, we're missing – the ability to go help, you know, hundreds of thousands of other athletes. And we're missing the ability to help, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans interact with those athletes. So you know, this is a, this is a big market. It's a big project. It's something that we're going to have to bite off, you know, one bite at a time. Um, but our, our goal is to help as many people as we can, because we, we really feel what we're doing, is we're solving a problem more than selling a product. We're solving the problem of athletes being able to build their brand in an authentic way and fans being able to interact with athletes in an authentic way. That has been a problem for decades. You know, in the past, the way you solved that problem was you stood in line for two hours before the dog walk to slap hands with one of the guys as they walked by, or you stood in line for hours you know, to go to a signing, you know, so you could walk up and, and let Aaron or Keith sign a football for you. Or, you know, you joined a message board because maybe uh, you know, some insider was at practice and, and heard something, you know, Aaron or Keith said that they can pass along. Like, we want to we cut out all of that and bring that the fan directly to the athlete. Um, we, we think it's solving a problem on both sides of the equation. And I want to I go a little deeper there. I think, you know, when you think about any industry and you talk about a disruptive company or disruptive technology, it kind of rewires, you know, the, the level of engagement in that industry. And if you look at, you know, the way that college fans have traditionally consumed content um, from, you know, the, the programs that they follow, you know, you have these third party media houses who, you know, they hire these reporters, the reporters go to practice, they watch 15, 30 minutes, they interview the players and the coaches at the practice and they go back, you know, they do their write-ups, they release it to their message board. And fans pay, you know, some some communities at UGA, they have like 300,000 subscribers that pay nine wow. a month. What we're doing is the same thing. We can give you the same content. It's going to be more authentic because it's going to come directly from the student athletes as opposed to going to somebody else. And, you know, obviously the money is going to, going to help pay them as opposed to going to a third party who's actually just reporting on them. So I feel like what's disruptive about what we're doing is we're actually kind of rewriting the value chain, if you will, in, in kind of the collegiate sports um, fandom interaction space and, and i think that's what's really powerful i think i think it's 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 crazy cool because i i being in the nft space right and and being well it's funny to even say nft space if you're you know been in technology companies and been in the blockchain space for a little bit because it's it's like such a brand new thing and idea because it's like only like it's been about six months at most that our friends and family outside of the nerds knew what an nft was um so it's just funny to say that out loud but so many people right and so so many of us sort of started off by going oh shit this is the way of an artist going directly to the person or to even find an audience that didn't even exist for them right like a few months ago and, um, you know, I, I was a punk rocker growing up and I actually wrote this thing about the Internet because I was like perfect timing. Like my one, one of my first jobs was at MySpace. Right. But I remember writing this this sort of article for a blog explaining the power of social media. And it was like if you were at your high school 
there were like four other nerds that were into punk rock also at the school. And maybe you got to the high school, you you converted a few people, you met a few others, and maybe your crew was like 10 people at your high school that were even into the same thing you were. And then you turned 16 and got a driver's license and met the dudes from the high school next, you know, across the way and then the other place. And your crew turned into maybe 25 people, right? Then you graduated high school and you went to the other high schools, right? And now you can post your MP3 on the internet and meet every punk rocker at every high school across the world and have a following in the Philippines if that's like, you know, what, what you're into or what, what they like, right? So like this spider web comes out and this, I always looked at it through the eyes of the artists or the misfits amongst us that are making this weird music that nobody likes. But if you find the right pockets of people, you do. But now you have these players, right? And these players are very in the same exact position as the artist. Like the only way for them to get access is to go through these middlemen and to go through these, these gateways. And these people create rules that don't help them, right? It, it reminds me of like the artists who go like, well, unless some you know fancy pants art gallery throws me in and the only way to know them is to go to the right university or to go to hang out at the right clubs or you know already be wealthy, um, you're not gonna get them. And then if you do get there, there's agents and managers and people all in the middle that are gonna take advantage. And it sounds like at least the collegiate uh, you know, uh, players, their journey is, is very similar. Um, it's, it's pretty radical to hear the idea of just having them go direct, right? Like everybody's got their favorite teams, their favorite players, um, and people have their different levels of, of engagement. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool to see, to see this kind of thing. I think it's the promise of, of blockchain, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit how, more specifically how it works? Like how does a, a player sign up and, and what are the, do they kind of choose your own adventure, like, you know, Zoom meetings with fans or is there like a, what they choose or do you guys kind of help them manage it? What, how does it work? Yeah, so, oh, oh, go you, ahead. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're definitely leaving that open for the players because we want this to be as authentic as possible for them and, and not push them to do what we want them to do, but let them do what they enjoy doing. And so we, we've left that kind of open where they can they can come to us with what they love to do and, and we can push that for them and help them help their brand and push that to to the fans. So, yes, yeah, very open and, and we're open to hear what the players want to do um, as opposed to us just telling, hey, do this, do this, do that. Um, so it's a, a stance we're taking that's different than most other other companies. And I don't know how much we can share, so I'll let Ty, I'll let Ty kind of kind of plug in here, but we're working on a lot of things to trend points that will allow certain athletes to get involved in this as opposed to that. So part of the contracts that we're signing guys to, you know, part of the obligation on their end is that they do provide a certain amount of content that we're able to then go market so that, you know, we can fund the whole deal, but we're trying to come up with different ways so that they can to trend point, you know, fulfill that in a way that's authentic to them doing something that they enjoy so they can really cultivate that community around themselves. That's that's really, really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, the. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the you could unlock so many possibilities, and I think we've seen through guests of the show, right? We recently had the V Friends folks, right? And they're going to uh, airdrop tickets to the VCon conference to, to all the holders and things like that. We've seen 
but even vFriend's another good example of setting up Zoom meetings and doing things depending on which NFT you hold. So I think I think I think it's pretty great. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm just everybody who's actually I need to do the reset thingy. Um, if you're joining us <laughs> on the uh, uh, on the live feed for uh, on on YouTube or on Twitter um, through Blockchain Radio or through Lunar Crush. Come join us at meet.blockchainboost.io. You can ask questions in the chat for uh, the the players lounge uh, and come uh, hang out with us and learn more about this project and and the crew. Um, and feel free to throw questions in there. Um, I'm gonna just really quickly answer this. <laughs> Pravi uh, just asked if I knew the identity of the board ape team, and if so, why didn't I tell you? No, I actually I knew a couple people who met them in real life, uh, but I'm not that. I'm just I'm not that guy. Like uh, I don't I don't get too excited about meeting certain people unless it's like crazy early stage. Then I want to meet all the founders and somehow get involved early, but. Uh, but no, I didn't know them. And, and I would have told you, Pravi, I promise. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to like my, my normal just instinct of like picking at projects and things like that. I'm trying to think of like downside style stuff or just questions that like roadblocks. But I feel like there's just so many ways in which this, this works and makes, makes sense, right? Is there... So there, there is, there is one major roadblock here. Um, a major roadblock is, you know, how do we actually get contracts in front of players all across the country, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to deliver digital goods. Um, it's difficult to get contracts from from these players at, at each place that we're looking at expanding to. And so one of the things that we've realized really early on is because of how great our team and our partners are. There's a lot that we could do, but we could do it better if we go find the best person out there in the industry and partner with them and let us help each other do that. So what we did there is Aaron and, and Keith both, both helped us get in touch with uh, Drew Butler, uh, who was a punter with us when we were in college. And, and Drew works for a company called Icon Source. And what they do is they facilitate brand interaction with student athletes all across the country. They've got over like five or 6,000 student athletes on their app. Uh, all you have to do from a brand perspective is submit your contract to Icon Source and they get it into the player's hands. They, they handle all the, the tax repercussion stuff. They handle all the payment stuff. And so we were able to sign a partnership with them and basically says, you know, we will use them, they will use us and together that, you know, we'll make each other you know, better and stronger and be able to grow quicker. Um, and so with that partnership, I, our hope is that we've sort of taken out one of the biggest roadblocks that there is. Um, we're really excited about the future of that partnership and, and growing together. Yeah, I mean, it, is the the contract stuff, is it because each player has their own feelings and rules and things like that? You couldn't kind of standardize it? And then, yeah, so, I guess that's the first question. Yeah. So so you, you could, and, and we could do that, but... Um, there's a lot of education to be had and it's, it's not just, you know, sending a contract through um, uh, MailChimp um, or some other service DocuSign. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen on the back end from a payments perspective, from a, a tax perspective, um, that partnering with a group like IconSource, it's all handled automatically. One of the big things is that every school has a different compliance disclosure process. So every school in the country 
the one rule with NIL right now is when you sign a player to a contract, you have to disclose that contract to the university so they can prove that there really is a quid pro quo going on there. Yeah. Because every university has a different process for how that works at scale, that can be very difficult to manage the disclosure process at each university and do it the right way. Because we want to make sure that we do everything right, because if we don't, it's the athlete that suffers. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that Icon Source has already done is, is they have uh, logins for each compliance officer at every school in the country, and they've plugged into the compliance systems. So the second we hit go on the contract, everything else just happens. It's, it's automatically disclosed to compliance. Compliance can log in to check and make sure that disclosure is correct. They handle all the, the tax stuff on the back end. So it really is sort of a seamless plug and play that helps us and also helps them and helps the athlete first and foremost. That That's really, really cool. I would assume that um, actually, I mean, uh, that somebody, Crispin in the chat mentioned, uh, uh, I'm looking at it right now. He was mentioning scouts, if scouts would be uh, good, um, would be good. And then I immediately thought of agents, but I realized we're, we're talking about college athletes. So I don't know if agents really exist quite yet other than trying to become your best friend so that if you get into the NFL or whatever, right? Well, especially but, the marketing agents definitely do exist. Like they are out there right now with these kids um, and a lot of, you know, I guess you call them contract agents, normal agents in your opinion, or your thought of guys that are negotiating contracts for NFL or NBA or NHL, whatever it is, they have branches that are marketing. Um, so they can sign a kid up and just say, hey, we're, we're just the marketing agent under this larger firm as well. So yeah, no, the big time players, they're all signed up with some sort of marketing agent going out there and getting the deals. Because, you know, like, like Ty said, there's a lot of education on their part. Like, what am I worth? You know, I don't yeah. want... I don't want some restaurant if I'm, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, you know, a restaurant comes to me and said, hey, we'll pay you 500 bucks to do a commercial. College kid, like, hell yeah, I'll take 500 bucks. Yeah. Not knowing that you could probably ask for $40,000, $50,000 to do that commercial, whatever it is. Like, that's why these kids need the education. They need an agent. Yeah. And, and most of like I said, the big time guys do have those agents. Cool. Yeah. By the way, Jeremy, uh, I called it. He is uh, 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 one of the community members. He is from Georgia and he's actually a licensed um, financial uh, advisor. He shared what kind of license in the chat, whatever. But anyway, I'll make a connection to you guys because he, he, he might be the right guy. Um, Ronan, you probably know him from the chat. He's organizing a bunch of hackathons and, and awesome things. Um, so Ronan, I, I know you're you're involved and your company's involved. Can you give us a little more on on that? But also, what 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 do I need to know? What is the crew? You know, you know the blockchain boost community. You've been hanging with us for for a while now. What does the crew need to know? What am I what am I missing? I'm I feel like there's so much here to unpack, uh, but it's also I want to think about. Yeah, it. yeah. I think um, the first thing I I, I think is kind of just it just hit me was how this entire industry is being like created now that like these athletes have that ability and the coolest part about that in my opinion is the fact that you see guys who experienced it now creating entire business models that help make it easier for the guys who come after right like to hear that story like i can't imagine how difficult it must be to like try to figure out how these contracts need to be processed at you know thousands of universities that are out there when they're all doing it a little bit differently 
uh, and to know that like, you know, uh, a former athlete, right. Like created this app and, and solved a problem that he knew would be there for his peers. Right. Um, so I think like the, the biggest thing for me is like the, what that wow of like what's going on right now. And, and I love the fact that these guys really, you know, they, they had the forethought to think about how can we tie this to the blockchain, right? Because crypto is having its moment, you know, we, you know, just this week, right? Wells Fargo is like, this is going to see hyper like adoption. Um, so like, I think to like really think, have that forethought of how can we integrate NFTs and, and make it something that, you know, brings value, right? To like our, our peers, but also like, how can we build a product that has sustainability and how, how can it be applied to like so many different, I mean, I didn't even realize they were working with all these different, uh, you know, uh, different sports. I, last time we talked, they were looking at just two. So, uh, and, and to see like how much sense it makes, it, it's not forceful. It's a very like authentic yeah. project that as a fan, right? Like the, the coolest part of this whole thing for me is like, this just happened like organically. And I'm a huge Georgia fan. Like I'm from Georgia. I live just, you know, North of, of the city. And so yeah, you, told, you just went on like a six hour drive to check out the game <laughs> the other day. Right. Yeah. That was the you know, shout out to the team. And uh, it was kind of like a thank you for, for helping to, you know, to your point. Uh, they, you know, I was talking to Trent that morning of the national championship game and I was in, in super last minute. Drove yeah. down. I think what you got there during the first, quarter or something yeah man we, I, I, Trent, I Trent told me he was like dude we got an extra ticket you know we can either like give it away but I really think we should give it to Ronan do you think Ronan would drive up and the team was like dude you gotta call Ronan and so he called Ronan and Trent called me he was like man he's coming <laughs> I, yeah I said Ronan was a good luck charm whenever he got there the you know yeah. tide started turning for for the dog so it was fun. it might have been a good move to get you up there now, it's it's been the craziest experience. Well, and that's that's like the the thing you need to cultivate, right? Like you start getting more free tickets. It's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, who, whoever's next up. There. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I got to go to the SEC championship game. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't work. But that that was a really cool thing. That just like you know to have that opportunity. I drove from my doorstep to the national championship game, literally. And the great thing is, my wife is like totally down for these crazy adventures that are happening now. Uh, thanks to NFTs and being in this space for a while. And um, so, yeah, but anyways, Gig Labs, what we do is we actually provide the back end, right? It's, uh, we provide a platform called NFT Bridge um, that allows like guys like, you know, uh, Ty and Trent and Keith uh, and Aaron to stand up a fully functional NFT experience under their own domain, right? Like under their own platform. Um, it, there, it comes with like all the bells and whistles. You have a secondary market. Um, and, and what's cool is that hopefully by the end of the year, that's a CMS back system and anybody can kind of be brought in and, and dude, it's so easy. I mint stuff literally in five minutes. I can get in, I can, you know, put in all the metadata and everything. So it's amazing. Um, and it's because it's built on flow. And so it allows you to do a lot of really cool things and, and makes it super easy for onboarding and stuff like that. So flow. it made a natural fit. Flow, just nerdy, nerdy question is an EVM chain, right? Yes. So, so you use your same Ethereum address and stuff like that, same wallet, but well, no, which um, networks? Flow is no. Flow is not EVM. I'm thinking uh, of a different word. I see. I'm bad with the tech side of things. Uh, but yeah, no, they they um, it's it's. 
So what wallet do you use and stuff? You use a, a, so there's Blockto, which is like a third party. And then you have Dapper. You have the straight up Dapper wallet. And what's cool is like these guys were uh, one of the first projects to actually have access to the Dapper wallet outside of Dapper's own uh, clientele. So uh, Gig Labs, we work, you know, uh, closely with Dapper. They are an investor investor in uh, us and um, they actually use the NFC bridge to stand up the NFL shops that you guys have seen, the 49ers, the giants that just launched today, that's all built on NFT bridge. Uh, and it does cool. some really amazing things. Like we minted 300,000 NFTs in like 20 minutes yesterday, like nothing, like no problem. I think like something like that, even for like dapper has been a, a much heavier load. So, uh, yeah, we provide the back end. Me personally, uh, I've been in NFTs for two years and I helped these guys with the strategy as far as how to approach it and the timing and, uh, you know, pricing, things like that, and just helping them understand the space a little bit. They did the work though. I have to say like, as an advisor, somebody who's like brought in and like, how can we make this work? This number one tip for everybody coming in the space. If you've got an NFT project, whether you're a legacy brand or whatever, the, the number one thing you need to do is focus on community before you launch an NFT. Because like, if you do that, you can be successful and you build a really like solid foundation. Uh, and these guys did that. And I think that that's why they, they're getting these opportunities to work with a lot of other schools and, uh, and build the same thing there. And for fans, for like college football fans who are like rabid fans, this is like a dream experience. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys know, um, uh, Matt on our team, uh, Matt Bozio, he's, he's, uh, ex baseball player. He played baseball in college, but he, he, you know, knew, knew a lot of you guys just by name from watching college football. And, um, I, I don't watch as much college football as I do NFL, but I have a lot of friends that are super obsessed and, and, a lot of guys that like it more than watching NFL because they more pure, just different. Right. Um, so I, I totally understand the need for it. And by the way, to, to some of you giving me, I don't know what the, the weird joke today is about board apes, uh, but uh, you guys should be giving Ronan the hard time because he, he's been in NFTs just as much. And look, he clearly was in, in apes before me because of that. I could tell, Actually, I know the story behind the hat. I think I could have got one, but the, the the poster behind you and all that. So give Ronan shit about the apes. I don't know what all these questions in the QA are about. Um, but here's a, here's a really good question from Anne. Um, as we sort of um, are winding down, uh, I'll I'll just pre uh, tell you guys grab uh, that I wanna I wanna get some plugs from you guys soon before before we end. But we still have about 15 minutes, so hop in here meet.blockchainboost.io if you want to ask last minute questions or hop into the chat with the rest of the community. Um, so Anne had a good question about like AML, CFT compliance and, and KYC, things like that. I know you're not selling any securities here or anything like that, but is there any um, requirements from the person purchasing the NFT um, that's different from a normal purchase in this situation. Like, do they need to, do I need to show my ID or, or be um, public about my name if I'm giving, buying a certain player's product? No, uh, it's, it runs straight through the Dapper wallet. So the experience is exactly like, uh, you know, a top shot. Uh, if you want to pull your funds out, you do require KY, they do require KYC. 
Um, but from what I actually understand, I think Dapper just launched the ability to attach it to your credit uh, or your uh, checking account directly. As long as you KYC, you now have everyone now has the ability to, to use those funds and put them in and out of their accounts, uh, which is really cool. Dapper does a little things a little yeah. bit differently, but it does open us up to they were able to onboard, uh, you know, their their fans in two, three, four minutes. You just need a uh, an email address and then your phone number. And then when you're checking out, we check out with like every currency possible. Uh, you can use your credit cards. Uh, you can use Apple Pay, Google Pay. Really easy onboarding experience. What What about for the Players Lounge product itself? Do you know if I'm buying, if if I love Keith and I want to buy his NFT, so I get the hang session with him specifically? Is there somewhere behind the scenes where my name is recorded as being the person supporting Keith so the university sees it on their compliance or something? Or does it not matter on that granular of a basis? It, it doesn't matter on, on that uh, basis. Um, and one of the things that, that we've really tried to do is to ensure that, that the NFT lines we've dropped so far are sort of open for everybody. And so they're not tied specifically to a player. Uh, we've got some things in mind that we haven't really released yet that may be more tied to individual players, but that's sort of part of our, our long-term vision. Uh, but for now, what we've done is, is released a lot of really cool artwork that, um, you know, that is unique and, and one of one, and, uh, and it's benefited all the players that were involved. Cool. No, yeah. So I, I assume then that means that like the contract is more between the player and the player's lounge and then the the purchaser is is a separate cool um uh one one more question about the product um at least one more um the legal portion i think that you mentioned that goes through uh icon i think was the name of the company um but but the legal part in general um crispin was asking is it an automated thing is it just scaling with the team um how does it work exactly or so the, the legal side would, as far as like signing contracts? Uh, yeah, I think that's what he, yeah, I think that's what he was uh, referring to. He's signing the contracts um, or, or even just creating the contracts for each player. So Trent has handled uh, the contract creation side of things with our team of attorneys. And then as far as uh, signing contracts, my understanding is, is it's, it's really just sort of the push of a button through the icon source app once they agree uh, that everything in the contract is, is the way it should be you know they hit a button signs their name uh and then icon source handles everything else oh very cool sounds sounds like it it scales really well um yep there we go um <laughs> jim's sharing sharing some stuff in the chat so perfect um Guys, um, we're, we're running towards the last few minutes. I wanted to give everyone a chance to at least update this on the outside of the Players Lounge. Are you working on anything else? And give us a link of where to follow you and, and see what, what you're working on. Maybe we go around. Um, start with you, Keith. I'm not really working. My, my focus is really on the Players Lounge right now. I'm actually getting the NBA, so I'm finishing that up too. But, oh, nice. Um, you know, those are two of my focus. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm truth for uh, with two H's. You know, I'm not overly active, but I am now more so than I was because of the players in my own. So, yeah, we'd love, we'd love you guys to follow me there. Awesome. Very cool. Where are you getting your MBA? I'm at Emory in Atlanta. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I I got um, 
Uh, just a random random thought. I think that I spoke to some folks from Emory um, through OHUB um, that's based in Atlanta, Opportunity Hub. Um, Rodney Sampson is one of our venture partners for our fund. He does a thing called Opportunity Hub in Atlanta, um, and uh, and Emory was one of the universities. So very cool. Sweet. We got to actually that's that's somebody Ronan. We should connect. Um, should connect Rodney uh, as well with with the um, Players Lounge crew. Um, Ty and Trent, um, you guys sole sole Players Lounge or? Yes, I'm I'm in the real estate business, but uh, the Players Lounge has kind of morphed into basically my full time job. <laughs> um, like I think most people here, uh, not really active on social media. I guess the most you can catch me posting is in the Discord. So if, if you want to chat me. Hit me up in there and I'll respond. <laughs> but uh, social media is not my thing. Yeah, I, I don't think Trent really understands what Twitter is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any, any, any? You looking into any of the the blockchain, crypto, real estate stuff? I haven't yet. You know, I, I've heard of Sandbox and all that, but I haven't. I haven't dove in. So I got. Yeah, you could go. Yeah, you could go full in metaverse, decentraland, sandbox. Like the land is virtual, but there's also you know. People like a crew who's been on here, one of our portfolio companies um, based in uh, Ohio, they do like tokenized real estate stuff. So you could buy like a portion of a building and participate or syndicate one of the deals with, with your friends. It's pretty, pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff going on in real estate. I, and it's the same thing. I saw somebody had tokenized ownership by fractional ownership in like the Tom Brady rookie card and broke it up into like 300 plus pieces. And it's, it's really amazing. Um, with the land stuff, I had somebody ask me last week, like, can you get on and buy the state of Georgia or the state of Tennessee? Yeah, super Rural. Rural. What, what, what's the name of that? So there's one called Super World. Uh, super and, World. and full disclosure, I'm an investor in Super World. But like, for example, I bought the, like the land that my grandma's house was on. I bought like the land. I bought the local hiking trails by my house. So that <laughs> yesterday when I took my dad on a hike, I was like, I own this land. He's like, what are you talking about? It's a national park or it's open space. And I'm like, no, in Super World. <laughs> How do they have the right to sell it? So it's what they did was uh, we yeah we probably have to have a whole a whole thing about <laughs> the legal aspects of it but what they did was they basically are they divided the world into I forgot how many like sixty four billion square blocks right yeah. and you can buy a block and what you're doing is you don't necessarily obviously own the land but in their metaverse they have you'll have the ability to like sell things on it or take a commission if people do sell things on it do things like, um, like I was going to do like an NFT scavenger hunt kind of thing. Like, Hey, you know, it, it, for every time you get to the top of, you know, the highest peak on lizard rock or whatever, if you, you can take a, a selfie with a fake version of me standing there like this, right. <laughs> and, uh, you, you mint an NFT as part of being there and maybe you get rewarded for doing it or like things like that. So it's, it's pretty cool, but the legal aspect of it is something we got to ask Rich, uh, the uh the founder we'll have him back again because it's it's super fun and it's like it's ridiculous i actually bought on the hill next to my house there's the big clu sign um for the university that's here it's it's actually the university that the rams uh play at uh, right now in southern california temporarily and i bought the hill that has their letters on it and i i told i gifted it to the school where i told them it's theirs for when we finally do something but that's like pretty cool um, it's that's it's really fun cool. stuff like you could buy you could buy 
it could be like personal fun stuff, but then like there's people who bought like uh, Joseph, my partner just told me he got an offer on Superworld because he bought the Vienna airport because he's originally from Vienna. So he's bought all of the squares that take up the airport and now somebody's trying to buy it from him. Like <laughs> it, it's pretty radical. Um, amazing. Yeah, amazing. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, okay. off, off topic, um, yeah. projects I'm working on, this has been my full-time job for gosh, three months now. Um, I am, uh, I'm a fourth year medical student and I uh, go through the match here in March. Um, but the great thing is, uh, I was very fortunate to have, you know, some, some pretty understanding advisors and we got our fourth year schedule set up so that I, I get, I front loaded everything so that I have time to work on this project, uh, you know, uh, for the last several months and, and going forward, which has been really amazing. That's, that's really, really cool. And then uh, I know Ronan, we, we talked to you a little bit already of, of what you're doing, but where do we follow you? Ronan the Collector, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Ronan D-A-C-C, because the Collector is one character too long. I picked a horrible name, and everywhere I try to use my name, I can't use it because it's one character too long. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow. I'm involved in Gig Labs. I do a lot of strategy stuff. I also do content creation uh and then this year you know i will be for anybody who's attending the conferences you know going to be hitting like east denver denver i'll be there uh oh cool i'll be there on friday too by the way everyone i'm just i'm doing insanely quick trip a day trip so i literally leave in my house at i'd actually leaving the airport at five in the morning but i'll be there all day on friday nice Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be on the circuit. I'll be hitting all, you know, the conferences, uh, talking about different, you know, uh, topics of conversation, probably around brands and legacy and, and, and bridging web three in an authentic way. Uh, and then aside from that huge mental health advocate. So I'll be talking about mental health and, and burnout in the NFT space specifically, uh, with a lot of, you know, prominent figures that have talked openly about that subject. That's awesome. We should we should do uh, some dedicated, focused uh, blockchain boozes on that because there's a few people working on that and it's crazy important. And not just in the NFT space, but in the blockchain space in general. We've we've had a roller coaster ride, uh, yeah. to say the least, for the last few years. And I think uh, a lot. You of feel like you can't good. sleep. You know, you feel like you can't sleep because if you do, like you miss out on something. And so you got to, there's a way to cope with that and deal with it. So you don't get burnt out because otherwise you're going to everybody, it happens to everybody. Right. So, uh, we want to make sure people are aware of it and you know, that they're, they're able to like help curb that. I think it'll always happen. Like we'll always run into it. We're all trying to grind, right. Everybody wants to make it, but, uh, we can take care of ourselves and, and help ourselves like, you know, make those times less. Yeah, I think you learn over time. It's hard to at the beginning, but I will say like when I was experimenting with trading and like the 2016 craziness and I'm not a trader, I'm not a good trader. I wouldn't, uh, I, I'm not that guy. I just hold on to the shit I love. And, uh, but you could make a purchase at midnight or two in the morning, right? You just YOLO, like, I want to buy some ETH tonight or ETH is not even the best example. It's just some random token. You wake up in the morning, you think you're a genius. Like, holy shit, I made so much money. You go on a drive to work. By the time you get there, you're poor again, or you made the worst <laughs> trade you've ever made in your life. Like, I just wasted all my money. And then, you know, you check on your lunch break and all of a sudden you're a genius again. Like, it's, it's impossible to not be glued to it, you know, and because everybody's dollar value of what's a meaningful amount of money is totally different and and it could make or break us right I mean, we made stupid bets and things like that and and so you have to learn like the roller coaster ride and and kind of bet with conviction and and hold right 
and you'll you start to get it starts to get easier to sleep at night because you're not checking the floor of your random nft or whatever like 17 times at night and freaking out about yeah. it because uh, you know you're going to hold it regardless uh, but but uh let's let's jump to to aaron um what what are you working on other than the players and lounge if if so uh give some plugs and let us know where to follow you yeah, uh, so I work for CBS Sports and SiriusXM, so I'm a color commentator for college football, and and also do that for for the SiriusXM. So this is kind of my off season right now. Football season is over with, uh, so like the rest of these guys, a little bit more full time here, um, and just enjoying the crap out of it. And you can follow me at Aaron Murray Eleven on all my, all my socials. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Um, definitely would love to, to have you back and, and get some updates on how things are going, especially maybe I'm assuming there'll be a lot more activity during uh, football season. So, so remind me, come back, hang out, let us know uh, what's up. And for everyone else watching, I'm just going to throw up one last time, meet.blockchainbooze.io if you want to come turn on your camera and hang with us. Um, and you know, even check into the chat because some of some of the crew shares a, an after party link during the after party thing and are up all hours of the night. And it's a great crew. And Ronan's Ronan's laughing because he he knows some of the crew. But you know, companies have been started in these tables backstage. We've been doing it for this is number ninety eight. So there's been companies started. We're almost at two years of doing this. Uh, I know that DGH, uh, I took down the logo because it was, it was blocking Trent's uh, face during part of it. So I felt bad. But DGH has invested in some of these companies or, and, and participate in creating companies backstage there. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're an investor, you're a collector, uh, goofing around and learning, come hang out. Everyone is uh, stoked to, to help and uh, teach you and, and hang Uh so uh, great to meet you guys. I really appreciate the time and good luck with everything. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank for having you. Me. Oops.